Hello and welcome to another episode of the Morale Clubhouse podcast, where we discuss all things Cubs with the morale community, led by Dom Frederick, unofficial director of morale, on his drive home from the day job. Today's episode is brought to you by Clubhouse Athletic Custom Team Apparel. Clubhouse Athletic is a team apparel company out of Chicago. They make the best team jerseys for your league, whether it's 16-inch softball or Little League. They have you covered. Go to, your, go to their website. They have hundreds of designs on there for you to browse and get inspiration from. When you fill out a form, let them know Morale sent you, and you'll get 25% off your order. The website is www.clubhouseathletic.com. Today, Ian Happ joins us to discuss his hot start to the season in April, about keeping morale high during tough team stretches like the team is coming off of, and giving us some insight on Say as a teammate and a new member of the club. Then we open up the room for some group discussion, takes about the weekend, about the past week, and then Fred tells us who he'd like to take to Olive Garden as a token of his appreciation, taking us into this next week of games at the Padres and Diamondbacks. Welcome in, Ian. Dom, I'm going to let you guys take it away from here. Ian. Hello. Ian, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm in San Diego. Probably head to the park in 20, 30 minutes. Trying to keep the morale high. (laughs) Well, we appreciate you being here. Um, I know things have been going rough, but I want to go through a few things, not to take too much of your time. Again, thank you for being here. First off, congratulations to you and your new fiance. We're very happy for you all. We, I can imagine the amount of morale that came from that moment. Uh, obviously very special. So congrats, and I hope you all are doing well so far. Thank you. As a uh, newly engaged couple. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, all right, Ian. I know things have been going rough. I'm not going to pest you with questions about it, but I do have a few things I want to bring up now that you're here. Number one, being someone as myself who's been on the uh, – Uh, your podcast three times. I know you spoke candidly over the last couple years about Wrigleyville Aprils. I know that was kind of a, um, a tough, tough thing to, uh, handle over the years, but you, and I want to give you credit, had your best April of your career. And I just want to know what changed and how did you get off to the start that you have so far? Yeah, that I mean, I think that was by far, you know, kind of the best April I've been able to put together. And I, I think it was a combination of things. I think, um, you know, really hot early, uh, which gave me some some breathing room that first first couple series. And then just being able to take my walks, you know, take a bunch of walks, get on base uh, and have some success from the right side. Kind of that that whole mix, I think, playing every day. Um, you know, really helps and just knowing that no matter what, you're going to be in the lineup um, and then having that awareness that, yeah, it's a tough month. Wind's going to be blowing in. I don't know if we've played, we've played one game at Wrigley, I think over like 50 degrees. So yeah. being able to uh, just kind of understand that going in. Is there anything you've done differently besides you're talking about getting more at bats and everything in terms of your approach, especially from the right side, knowing that the wind is always howling in your face in April? Yeah, nothing, nothing approach wise. I just think that, like I said, like having that understanding, you know, instead of going out there every day and being like, shit, this is the same, you know, how, how am I ever going to get hit with a ball in the air? It's just understanding, like, if you put your best swing on it and you're out, that's fine. Just do it again the next time. And, and you just do it over and over and over and having that understanding that Wrigley's going to give it to you at some point. You know, at some point during the year, we're going to get some nice weather. It's going to blow out. You're going to have opportunities. Um, and it's 162 game season and thinking more long-term like that instead of, uh, live and dying with every single day. And speaking of like someone who's getting used to April Wrigley's or Wrigleyville in April, say, uh, we saw the shirt yesterday. You're say his best friend. Can you describe, mm-hmm. there's obviously been for fans. I think everyone has enjoyed watching say, but with the language barrier, and maybe a little bit of uh, a lack of access to like understanding who he is and his character. Can you describe specifically what type of morale does he bring 
to the clubhouse because I think a lot of fans are simply wondering and, and want to learn more about Seiya considering he's new to the scene and obviously new to, yeah. to Wrigley. Yeah, I mean, he's he's awesome. He's such a good dude, really, really funny. Like, I'm excited for people to start to see his personality more. I think, you know, with the with the start of the season, with you know how busy things are, it's kind of like you get a little bit of personality during spring training, a little bit of access, and then it really slows down. I think, honestly, I think this offseason he's going to work really hard on, on learning some English so he can kind of participate in some of that stuff more. He really wants to be able to communicate with his teammates easier. His translator toy does a really good job of being able to you know, be around and, and help him talk to us. Uh, I think his transition's been incredible. That We all go through some of these spurts, two weeks, three weeks, um, where hits aren't falling or, or it goes a little bit the wrong way. But he's, uh, he's weathered that really well. He's been able to keep getting on base um, and just hitting some balls hard that aren't getting down. But his personality, who he is, I think for the next, what is it, five, four or five years, um, Cubs fans are really going to enjoy it. I love the morale. I love the morale you and him brought with that high five. Toy seems like he's all in. Um, finally, again, don't want to keep you very long because I know you're about to head to the park. As we're going through this rough stretch, as things aren't ideal, uh, as we all hope they would have been so far, can you point to maybe one player throughout your career who has kept morale high or who has been a positive influence in a sense where, like, Literally, things are going not well. How does that specific player in the past, or maybe right now, you know, bring the team up, get them excited, get everyone on the same page to, you know, push forward for some more wins? That's a great question. Um, it's been different guys throughout my career, I think. Um, I think John Jay was really good at it uh, my first year when we kind of got off to a rough start that uh, that World Series hangover, um, and then we really turned things around in the second half. Um, you know, I think Tim Buss, who was the longtime strength coach uh, of the Cubbies, was was an unbelievable like every single day, same guy um, with just the definition of morale. Yeah, um, and I think that this group and this team is going to have to find that. You know, we're going to have to find that come to the park after um, you know, losing five in a row. You know, how do you get that that energy up? You know, offense has been scuffling a little bit. Um, hit a bunch of balls hard this last week with really nothing to show for it. You know, I think Jay Hay hit two homers that didn't go out. Wiz hit a homer that uh, didn't go out. Just, like, new balls, wind blowing in. You know, you have a bunch of guys. Hitting, uh, hitting the ball hard and not getting results for it. So, um, you know, this group is still trying to define itself and figure out, you know, exactly how that stuff plays over the course of over the course of 162. I think anybody who's played the game at any level, you know, over the course of a full season, college or or pro ball, like you have those guys that are are able to kind of rally the troops and and bring that. Um, energy and it can be a staff member it can be an everyday guy it can be a bench guy it can be any you know kind of one part of that that, that really gets the guys going and then once you have momentum um the rest is history Ian, thank you for being here we love the answers we appreciate the time i just want to say one more thing if you remember last year before i came on the compound before we released the morale blend things were uh rough as well if you remember back to that milwaukee series Came on, talked, turned things around, went on a run in May. The rest is history. We don't need to go into that. But we remember how May went, the uh, Cardinal series in June that was electric. So with our conversation here, I think that I hope that brings the same prosperity in the future. And again, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Hit a tank tonight. Thank you. Morale, morale, morale. morale. Let's keep it. Let's keep it positive. Exactly. We're going to turn this thing around. We're going to get there. There's going to be some bright spots. Just keep it positive. One day at a time. Talk to you soon, all right? Thanks, Ian. Appreciate it. See ya. Fred, you want to recap uh, a little bit on that conversation and then recap a little uh, about this past week? A lot a lot to uh, unpack, obviously. First thing I have to say is this is not a bit when I say that I'm my car does not have AC and it's 85 degrees out right now and I'm driving home with work pants on and a polo. I'm absolutely sweating my ass off 
So just keep that in mind while I'm doing this right now. This is not a bit. This is not a bit at all. Um, no, I, that, that was great. In, it's insight by Ian. I love the honesty in, uh, from a standpoint of, yeah, they are obviously searching for some good things, but they're also searching for, in a way, some leadership. Uh, I'm not saying that guys on the team don't provide that or don't provide, you know, a positive message or, you know, support. But it's, you know, it's obviously a new team, new group. Uh, things are definitely in a time of transition. And for all the frustration and all the uh, doubt that I know a lot of fans have, there is definitely a large contingent of fans who are still trying to salvage something and still trying to uh, enjoy Cubs baseball. And I know there's going to be a lot of people today. I hope there's a lot of people today that, you know, share their thoughts and frustrations. But I think these players are trying to do their best. Um, and I've always said that to support the players. Any Anything you're mad about with the Cubs right now should not be uh, spearheaded towards the players. It should be directly, um, you know, direct it, it should be directed at anyone in the front office or ownership and we'll get into that but yeah i mean it, it's it's he, they're trying they're trying their hardest they're trying to put their best foot forward on a consistent basis every single day and win ball games um it's not happening right now hopefully that you know changes soon but again i'm here to hear i'm here for everyone's thoughts and frustrations and takes it's uh what mondays are all about yeah, it was interesting to hear him talk about just, you know, getting into these bad couple weeks of streaks of hits and players he calling out of like getting good good bat on the ball and exit velocity and, and like things you can look at from a positive perspective, obviously, but then you look at the end box score and you're like, Oh that is like tough. And we're talking sure. we were talking earlier about Justin Steele pitched a good game yesterday and we still couldn't click things together and we ended up getting blown out. So um there's a lot to unpack from this past week. How about you recap this past weekend, if you can, um, what your thoughts have been? You know, I, I I go back to, again, as I just said, anything that should – any frustration that should be directed the Cubs' way should go to the front office and ownership, specifically ownership. Um, I know we've gone head-to-head with the Dodgers in the past, 2015, 2016, 17. If the Cubs were the Dodgers, we'd be the luckiest fans in baseball right now. Genuinely. I mean, everything you want in a team is exactly what the Dodgers are. It was a master class performance. Uh, just, I mean, again, handling my favorite team with my favorite players. Just just handling them. And, I, you know, I going into the series, I actually spent a lot of time, I don't want to say researching, but like uh, – digging into like what they do. And I, I've watched them from afar over the last couple of years. I mean, they do everything right. And, and I know fans are going to say, well, they only have one world series in the same amount of time the Cubs do. They've only won one world series in the last 35 years. Folks, that organization is absolutely spectacular. You just see it up and down. It's like an all-star team. And they, again, they, they've lost two world series before one, one. I mean, I, I just, I, I as a Cubs fan and as a big, as a fan of a big market team, one of the most popular teams, one of the most recognizable teams in Major League Baseball, that is what you're going for. That's exactly what you're going for. And every every fan's going to be like, "Well, the Cubs don't develop players like the Dodgers do, and the Cubs don't do this like the Dodgers do." Yeah, sure, but it, it shouldn't be like a, a caveat to uh, develop players. Like that should always be the case. It's not. It's not, well, if they did this, then they can do that. No, it's like you should always be developing players, but they spend if it $289 million payroll. They're going for it. Just, I don't know. It, I was kind of sad watching it, not from the standpoint of the Cubs being or the Cubs struggling right now, but really from like this is what we should be watching, and the Dodgers are exactly that. So it was just a master class performance, and it, there's nothing but respect for what they're doing. It's like it, it's incredible – um, and hopefully one day the Cubs can be that. And there should be no Cubs fan after watching those three games saying to themselves, I don't want to be that. You should want to be exactly what the Dodgers are today. And the Dodgers are being rewarded for not only drafting really well and scouting and developing, but also like putting the money where their mouth is and having the highest payroll in Major League Baseball, bar none. We're opening up the clubhouse. Anyone can uh, request in, give us your thoughts on this past weekend. 
including you, Adbert. See you in there hanging out. Maybe give us some morale as well. Um, and I thought w- what you said about the Dodgers this weekend and everything, you're talking about how everyone has that caveat of, oh, they only won one World Series. It's true, but they've also – they compete. That's the one thing is, like, they're in it all the time, and that's what you're saying too is, like, you just want to have a team that can compete because when you get to the playoffs in baseball, you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. To string those games together. Yeah, so, this is – oh, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. No, and it's just it, – I feel like we're obviously in a different place right now because even going back to the core four era and the golden era, as we like to call it, it always felt like, all right, you go on a rough stretch like this, and you're like, okay, Rizzo and Javi and Chris can bounce back. And the Cubs did bounce back. Like, we forget that they had the 95-win team in 2018, and 2017 was a good year, and then they won the division in 2020. It was always like they can bounce back. I feel like right now, I don't know if we have the firepower to really bounce back. I'm not knocking the players at all. It just doesn't feel like we have that next year that we did in the past. And – when you do have that next year, that next year, you always feel like you have a chance. You always feel like you can go on a run. You always feel like in the playoffs, in a five-game or seven-game series, you can make something happen. Um, and the Cubs and the Cubs did that over their you know competitive window. And that's just what you want. You want to have chances. You want to have chances for the the big games. You want to be in that moment. Uh, that's what fans are. That's that's what sports is all about right and and as a fan watching your favorite team compete so yeah I'm just I I don't want to say I'm depressed but it's just like I would just love to have that opportunity of a team that goes on and wins 10 division championships in a row and is in the playoffs every single year and is totally invested and they're you know all in it's just it's, it's it's how it should be if you own a major league franchise that's how it should be and one thing before we bring on the first speaker, I just saw your tweet pop up about uh, Frank getting a middle seat on the flight to San Diego. Grinder. I love the guy. It was that tough news, tough news that he got sent down. I understand why he did. Um, just tough. I, I hope Frank comes back soon. I think Frank obviously should have deserved the opportunity to start this year in the big leagues and have that first base job. It obviously hasn't gone over well. Um, but I think it kind of tells you the state of the team where like Frank was deemed as if not the number three, four or five hitter, he was somewhere in that order. And now he's being sent down to, to triple a that quickly. So it just, man, it just kind of slaps you in the face, um, in terms of where we are again, I hope Frank comes back and he comes back better than ever. Um, I I'm, I'm a huge fan. I love how just down-to-earth and humble he is, and those are the types of guys you want to root for on a consistent basis. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can see some finger guns again from him on exactly. uh, second base or something soon. Uh, exactly. Round second. All right, first speaker up, we have Fell. How's it going? Don't hear anybody. Hey, Fred. What's going Sorry. on? How you doing, man? I'm good. How hey. are you? Good. Hey, you just talked about it a little bit ago. I'm just curious your take on competitive windows. So maybe I've been a lifelong Cub fan. I guess I had resigned myself to more of a a lovable loser mindset, uh, enjoyed the games. But 2015, I think, just changed everything Yeah. uh, from the ownership to the performance. So I guess how would you answer that question? Should the Cubs – in that context ever be not in a competitive window? And if, and if so, how, how come? Yeah, here's my take. And I've, I've tried to put it into a tweet, but it's too long and it gets too convoluted and people are going to twist your words. So I'm glad I'm just uh, addressing it right now. Here's how it works, right? If, if you were going to ask any fan, right, when are all these prospects going to come up? I think every fan would give you a similar answer. 24 or 25. All right, so if that's when the competitive window begins, right, 24 or 25, you're talking about three, maybe four years away. Now, within that time period, as a Cubs fan, why would you not at least try to put something competitive or truly invest during that time or at least, you know, spend money on it? Let's say I'm not saying these players are going to fix all your problems. But like a Kyle Schwarber, three- or four-year deal. 
another starting pitcher on a three or four year deal, another, you know, middle infielder on a three or four year deal to where you're actually spending money that goes alongside the amount of revenue you're putting in for the team. Now, within that three to four years, whatever it may be, okay, maybe the Cubs aren't a world championship team, but they're at least competitive. They're more exciting. You're building a culture. You're building excitement around the team. And then once those players come in through the minor leagues, that's when you start to make that transition. And presumably speaking, that's when you are truly opening up how many people would say a competitive window. I have no sorry feelings or I will not apologize for a team that just kind of mails it in kind of like the Cubs are right now no offense to the players but when you're 15th in spending and your uh, payroll doesn't match up with revenue you're essentially just mailing it in for a couple years and waiting for the young guys and for me you're just losing time you're losing fans you're losing opportunities you're not doing what you should be doing as an MLB owner I hope people understand that, but it shouldn't be just like flip on the switch whenever the young guys come up, flip on the switch when you can, when you have a bunch of younger players that can, uh, you know, be productive for cheap, like that shouldn't be the case. And I I just don't understand why fans think of it that way. Like, uh, for instance, I'm not saying this player is going to fix all the Cubs problems, but like Carlos Correa, one year deal. All right. Well, What's the problem with paying Carlos Correa $35 million for one year or agree to that three-year deal for you the Cubs? You get a player who's exciting, and guess what? If it doesn't work out, you trade him. And if he leaves after one year, big deal. You tried. But all the money that's being saved right now is just going back to the owner's pockets, and I'll say it again and again and again. That money does not go into a savings account. It just goes into the owner's pockets. We've seen this over the years, right? Cubs didn't pay for Chris Bryant, Javi, Rizzo. They won't pay for Contreras. Every Cubs fan would say, all right, well, if that's the case, then we should be paying for this upcoming free agent class. And I know the Cubs paid for Stroman. I know they paid for Saya, but we're 15th in payroll, folks. And a lot of that money's you know, being eaten up by one-year deals that's going to come off the books anyways. So it, it's just more and more excuses for not really holding up your end of the bargain, not holding up what you said you would do with this Cubs team, which would try to make them competitive, try to get them into playoffs. Not only did Tom say that, but Jed say that. So it's uh, – I, I just don't understand tanking just to tank and tanking just to wait for young guys to come up. Like, these games are still happening. These players still want to win. Fans still want to win. Sure, you might not win a World Series, but at least you'll be more competitive, more exciting, and you'll put a better product on the field. That coincides with the amount of money that you are charging your fans on a consistent basis. So that, that's pretty much my answer. I know there's going to be some times where you have a legitimate chance to win a World Series, but there should never be a time like right now, and I'm not saying the Cubs can't crawl out of this, where you feel hopeless and desperate for any type of positive uh, production or success on the field. It, it just shouldn't be that way, and it's unfortunate what we're going through right now. Thanks, Phil. All right, next up, we got uh, Gabriel. Gabriel, you're up. Hey, fellas. Uh, thanks for uh, taking my, uh, I guess, my little call here. You got uh, it. I'm What's gonna, up, Gabriel? Uh, I'm going to back up everything you're saying. Um, you know, as a Cubs fan, I just want to see them compete. You know, I don't even want them to win the division, per se, right? But yeah. even if they could be in the hunt this season, you know, and, and if they would have maybe spent – Maybe a maybe one more contract. You know, I've talked about Schwarber. Um, I've talked about Rizzo. Left-handed bats, what we need. Uh, starting pitching, yeah, we have some injuries, obviously, with uh, Adbert, Wade Miley. You know, you can even say Alec Mills. Uh, those guys come back. You can kind of right the ship there. Um, but to me, the offense is a, is a big, uh, you know, uh, weakness. And uh, I don't see that straightening out over the course of the season unless one of these young bats uh you know pick it up whether it's Rivas or let's say Suzuki catch back up what he was doing or you know I I just don't see it and and to me I I completely agree I mean if you're gonna be even like 15th in payroll why not spend the extra I don't know 20 to 25 million to be I don't know 13th or 10th in payroll and get these guys to a 88 win team while while the prospects are coming up Exactly. I mean, you know, I just don't understand it. It's just spend a little bit more. I'm not asking for 
you know, I'm not even asking what the Dodgers have. It's great. I completely agree with you. What the Dodgers are doing is probably, you know, the best, uh, maybe the best uh, program in baseball. You know, like they, they have, yeah. what is it, in 13 years now, 14 years, division champs or one wild card win maybe and, you know, 60 game World Series. But I completely agree. Just give me something. Because, you know, we're going to fill up that stadium. You know, we're going to go to the games. We're going we're gonna to sit here and support the team and watch this. I just, I can't do a full rebuild. I can't do another three, four years of, you know, 70 to, you know, 80 wins to hopefully these prospects develop. You know, it's not, they don't, they don't always hit. You remember yeah, the Bobby no. Hill years, the Corey Patterson years, like, they don't always hit. So, yeah, that's it. Thank I, you for taking Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me, personally, I know this might seem sad, but like, this is a totally different conversation if the Cubs are 500 right now. Like 500 competing, you know, picking off a game here and there, picking off a series here and there. Sure, not not competing for the NL Central. I don't think any reasonable Cubs fan really thought the Cubs would compete for NL Central. We just wanted – I'll speak for myself and other fans that I've talked to. Many fans just want the Cubs to be playing competitive games leading into the trade deadline. Sure, like I think now – Unless things drastically change, everybody's on the table, which sucks, but I understand it. And even if the Cubs are 500, you would say, like, okay, everyone's still on the table, but at least we're, like, playing competitively against the Cardinals or the Brewers. Or, like, at least we're able to, like, actually put up a fight against the Dodgers, right? It's not a matter of, like, all or nothing. It's a matter of being respectable and then, like you're saying, once those prospects come up, adding to that or making your team even better or just, like, carrying on the tradition of being a winning franchise, right? It's uh, it, it's it's really tough. I, I, I firmly do not understand the thought process of it is a detriment to spend money now knowing that in three to four years there are young guys coming who will be cheaper – and the thought process of if I spend money now, I can't spend in the future. It's just a lie. It's a farce. It's a narrative that has been pushed by Major League Baseball and owners. It's been going on for years. And the teams that are prospering from their ownership group going all in, just look at them, right? Dodgers, Mets, Yankees. Yeah, who was super fired up about the Mets after last season? Look what they're doing right now. And it's just, folks – I'm not going to say every single dollar correlates to every single win. We've we've seen that that's not the case with teams like the Rays and the A's. But it's pretty damn close after a while. And the Cubs should be one of those teams, those big market teams. They said it themselves. We have the quotes. We have the receipts of them saying we should always be at the top of the NL Central payrolls. Um, And it's not the case right now. Um, It sucks. And... We, we got to find our find our way out of it. Try to find some positive from it. But I, I totally understand all the frustration. Thanks again, Gabriel. Thanks, Gabriel. Dom, can we get a heat check? Are you doing all right? Need to roll the window Absolutely down, take a breath. Burn. No, I, I'm no, I haven't rolled down the windows for sake for the sake of everyone, you know, actually being able to hear me while I drive. I'm absolutely sweating right now. It's all right. This is how it should be. I kind of like it this way. I'm a little bit more focused, obviously, in the car. But when I got a little bit more pressure on me, and I'm I'm literally dripping sweat onto my work pants as I drive home. God forbid we get you a little too worked up. I'm like no, visioning no, no, like a fine, dog trapped fine. in a this car. Is why, this is why I do this. This is why I do this. It's okay. All right, we got Ty, Brett, then Cody. Ty, you're next up. Can you hear me? What's up, Ty? Hey, what's going on? Doing well. Thanks for being here. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to kind of lead into the uh, rebuild talk. I see a lot of people talking about that. But I also want them to remember, yeah, it worked last time, but you also have to consider the Jake Arrieta trade is one of the most fortunate trades you know, in baseball history where this yep. lottery ticket guy turns into uh, a top five pitcher of all time for a calendar year. Yep. For sure. Um, everybody, all the top prospects landed. Yep. Um, and I just don't know how you, like, I just look at the Red Sox and I look at, I look at the Dodgers and I look at the Mets and, and they just refuse to 
if they have a down year, it's not like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's what we're going to do, and we're going to do it for two more years. Like Exactly. Like, the Mets underachieved what they do. They tripled everyone in spending. <laughs> like, that's just – when you have – when that's what – a muscle you have to flex – like, what upper hand do you have? You're the Cubs, one of the most notable brands in professional sports in the world. You know, all kinds of money. You're not going to out-scout the Rays. That's not what you do. That's not yes. the upper hand you have. So why try? Why put yourself on the level playing field with the Rays who have to be so frugal? Like, their scouting has to be so top-notch. We're just never going to beat them at that. Like, it's such a terrible idea. Um, I'm just having a hard time watching the games, to be honest. Like, ground ball city and, like, just we're playing. I don't know if you play video games at all, but the meta the meta is, like, what's working presently on a big picture? What's working right now? High velocity arms, power bats. What do we have? Neither of? Neither of. <laughs> Neither of. I know. Like, we're playing anti-2022 baseball for what? Like, for what reason? There's absolutely no reason to do that. Like, like they literally back themselves in a corner when no one asked them to. I agree. So <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, think I don't you get made, it. I, I think you made fantastic points. I, I totally agree when the Cubs are trying to – a perfect way to put it is, like you said, a – trying to play on a level playing field with the Rays and the A's and some of these teams that have in their blood and in the foundation of their organization have had to rely on these scouting techniques. And I'm not saying the Cubs can't do that, but you're totally right. Why level the playing field when you don't have to? And again, I want to preface this from every, everyone who's listening. Please understand, I did not go into this season thinking the Chicago Cubs were going to win a World Series or win the NL Central. I wanted the Cubs to be somewhat competitive and and build some type of bridge to the so-called, like Ty was saying, the competitive window or the young guys that, in reality, is just a lottery ticket. And I know I've preached over the years, whether it be Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, Rizzo, I was that guy that said these guys are going to be can't-miss prospects. They're going to be big time. And, yeah, we hit on it, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen this next time through. I mean, just look at the course of history and baseball history. Um, It just doesn't happen that way. It's not always that easy. And not everyone was as talented as Theo in finding the right young talent. So Ty did a great job describing it. There's no reason to bottom out right now when you don't have to. And I hate the fact that it has become just second nature where it's like, well, we can't do it because we can't do it. There's no real reasoning for it. It's just we can't spend because we can't spend and we can't win. And it's this like taboo subject that no one can really challenge the Ricketts family on because guess what? They won't answer any questions anymore. They won't go to uh Cubs conventions and they won't hold the panel anymore. And you ask Jed and he's going to just talk about like spending intelligently, which we all know what that means. The Cubs, this is unacceptable for the Cubs to be in the situation where they're in right now. And no one should be blaming the players for it. It should all go to Jed and more importantly, Tom Ricketts, who's making these decisions on a consistent basis to put the product out on the field that we're seeing night in, night out. Thanks again, Ty. That was a great call. Great points. Thanks, Ty. Next up, we got Brett. How's it going, Brett? Hi, guys. First time uh, joining this. Thank you for having me. Can you hear me? You got it. Thanks for being here, Brett. So I just had a kind of a point. Um, I don't really trust the development of some of our top prospects. That's what has me a little bit worried. Um, Braylon, obviously, the whole situation with Miguel Amaya, Albert Almora, I don't think Chris Bryant fully developed to his potential. We haven't developed any, obviously, quality starting pitching in years. I mean, don't we lead baseball in the least amount of homegrown starts in the last five years? Yep. Um, it just, I'm, I'm, I'm very worried about the, where's the development happening. Because um, some of our just, top, I feel like our top prospects have not been reaching their peaks or their or their highs with the Cubs recently. It feels like Schwarber left, got better. 
Rizzo's playing some of his best baseball away from the Cubs. I don't know. I just I'm, I'm a little worried about the development side of things. I, I get it. I mean, I would push back a little bit to say that the Cubs. I mean, they have developed players, especially from the position player standpoint. No one can argue though about the pitchers. It's been. I mean, someone made a great point today on Twitter about Jason McLeod. I don't mean to you know drag Jason McLeod as he's you know lost his position with the Cubs and now I, I he's a special assistant somewhere. But think back five seven years Jason McLeod was like the next great hot GM candidate and he literally fell to special assistant like I'm kind of helping out in a random front office like a true fall from grace and that's a direct correlation from the fact that they did not develop any pitching so yeah it's a true concern um it that should also concern you from from the standpoint of like Hey, what? Like, why are we relying on this to all work again when we literally saw that we couldn't develop any pitching, or the, if you want to phrase it as, the pitching development was incredibly inconsistent to win. Um, that's a very, very, very fair point. Um, so it's those types of things where I, I, I hope it's a, I hope it doesn't continue on, and it, it, it just specifically. Um, you know, discusses how things need to change. And it, it's not a knock on any pitcher in the organization. I know every pitcher's trying hard. I know every pitcher's working their tail off. But when you look at it objectively, we have to do a better job developing these guys. And I still think some of the starting pitchers that are in the big leagues right now, Justin Steele, we can name a bunch of them, they, you know, they have a role on this team and might just not be from the starting uh, rotation standpoint. So I'm, 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 I'm going to give them – the benefit of the doubt, because we have no other option if we, if we don't give him the benefit of the doubt because we're kind of stuck with it right now. So, again, I, I, I think we've seen some good things in terms of developing the bullpen. We've seen some good things in terms of seeing a few young arms shine, but we haven't seen it consistently enough to succeed in the long run. And, and it's a huge point of emphasis going forward, and it has to change. And it has to be different from what it was during the, the golden era, the 2015 to 21 seasons. But you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a very, very fair point. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Brett. All right. Been a while. Cody, how's it going? What's up, guys? Cody, how are you? Dom, exactly, uh, the per- exactly the person I want to hear right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dom, uh, I have been – following these for as long as I can. I just never can jump in because you always do it at the, like when I'm busy at my job or something. I know. Like I'm, that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you're good. You're good. I'm, I'm happy to be in here. I'm actually working remote today. So uh, yeah, I appreciate uh, you doing this today at this time. Um, Where are we at Cody? Give me your thoughts. <sighs> I know you have a lot of them. All right. Well, uh, I don't know if you saw my, I replied when your tweets on Saturday I was about five beers deep at, at Murphy's Bleachers. And, uh, you know, I was just looking at all the pictures on the wall, man. And, like, you see Bill Murray and Eddie Vedder and and all of the stuff from 2016. And you and I'm I'm seriously, like, I was standing there, like, like it, it's only been, what, five, almost six years. But, like, it feels like a decade ago. And, like, yeah. like it's – I used to be able – I used to feel like I could defend the fact that, you know, the Cubs were different now and that, like, they could, you know, build something sustainable. I know we hadn't won the World Series since 16, but we were always competitive. There were always – like, it was always nice to be able to go into a year and, and, and play out through the year and bitch about why we lost that game that we should have won. And now yeah. it's, like, it's really big, like, 2011, 2012 vibes where – it's like we're just looking to see if Alfonso Rivas can work can work a fourteen pitch at bat here or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like that's what we're excited about. And like, you know me, man. Like I'm right there with you when it comes to like supporting the team and like finding any reason to be optimistic and you know believe in what Jed is is doing. You know the the trade deadline last year is like a day that I'll never forget <laughs> yep. for the rest of my sports fandom. Um, but I understood it and I, you know, I eventually got on board with it because I do like what the Cubs got in return for three guys who 
you know, those teams got a couple months of, except for the Yankees, they ended up giving Rizzo another contract. Yep. Um, but on the flip side, though, like, right now, I'm just I, – I, I know a lot of people might think I'm a moron for saying this, but, like, I think the Cubs are playing worse than even – even people who thought they were going to be bad expected like oh for sure the stretch right now they're playing so bad right now that it's like like no one saw this coming no 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 and like that's that's what pisses me off the most because it's like how many teams do we see and they, they don't even have to be like small market tampa bay rays or or whatever teams like that but how many teams do we see year in and year out just put something out there and they just fuck around and find a way to be in it. Like before yeah. the before the Cardinals got freaking Arenado and uh, you know Goldschmidt, I felt like that's what they did all the time, especially yes. after Pujols left. Like you know me, I think Yachty is one of the most overrated baseball players ever, and obviously he is not there for fucking offense. Like how did that team fuck around and be in it every freaking year? With just throwing out a bunch of random dudes, it felt like. Like, that's why I was, like, going to this year. I was trying to find a reason because it's like, I do think the Cubs' infrastructure is 10 times better than it was in 20, 2011, 2012 I because of what Theo off, did <laughs> and the way that they transitioned people. Say that again, Dom. Dom, I'm sorry. No, a guy just cut me off uh, as I'm driving home. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. We're all good. Okay. Come on, Cody. I love it. Okay. Uh, okay. Anyway, like, I feel like the Cubs' infrastructure is in a much better spot than it was during the first rebuild. And the, the last guy who spoke talked about how we couldn't develop this and we couldn't develop that. We've already seen some arms come up and show that, hey, we know how to develop pitching now. We just haven't got enough of them yet because we need to give them more time. And that's why it goes back to, like, why we didn't spend more and all this stuff. And it's, like, it's just so frustrating. And I think, again, the, the thing that makes me so mad, at least over the last couple of weeks, is, like, this team is better than what we've seen. Like, it, even if Frank Schwindel has a weighted runs created of, like, 60, they're still better than this. And, like, that's, that's what's annoying to me the most about it. But it also you get stretches like this when you don't spend enough. So I understand why people are upset at the Ricketts and not spending more money and this and that when we are the freaking Chicago Cubs and we should spend money, especially when the other team on the other side of town is a World Series favorite or at least a World Series contender. And the fact that they are just completely okay with that team coming into our ballpark. And basically, even though those games are close, they handled us pretty easy. Like, it honestly does feel like kind of a slap in the face from Absolutely. ownership, front office, whatever. And it's like, again, it's just very – I keep going back and forth because, like, I want to give Jed a chance. I feel like Jed has earned the chance to, like, have his – you know, give me – give him a year and see, like, if things – if he's doing the right stuff. But at the same time, it's like, dude, this, this, this year should not feel like 2012, not with it's- the moves that they made. It, it feels like 2012. I know it's early, and I, I, I don't – you all – I mean, the people that followed me should know. I'm the most opt- – I'm one of the most optimistic Cubs fans to the point where I've been criticized and bashed over the head for being the biggest Cubs homer and the biggest Cubs apologist and the biggest Ricketts apologist and the biggest Theo and Jet apologist. Like, I'm that guy. I, I, I'll hand off – I'll always say I'll be that guy. But when I'm saying, like – Christ almighty like I can't even I can't even spin this they're just that it's just that bad right now I'm not gonna say they're just that bad I don't want to like be too direct but like Jesus Christ guys like three out of the last 17 I mean getting losing the pirate series like the, the White Sox weren't even playing good and they they you know handled us even though they were in close ball games I, Cody I, I totally agree I think your point with the Cardinals, and I don't want the Cubs to ever be compared or try to be replicated or want to be a you know a Cardinals uh, replica. But you're totally right. All all those years, they just throw something out there, see what happens. You know, just it's kind of like roll the balls out, and they'll find their way into a wild card, into a division race, and then you're then they're in the World Series, 
and end up they, – I'm sorry, they get deep in the playoffs and they end up winning the World Series with one of the worst regular season records of all time. I know that is something that does not happen often. I know that's something that is a crapshoot and, you know, shouldn't be the, the final tally or the, the final goal of, you know, year in, year, year in, year out Chicago Cubs baseball. But at the same time, it's like it's there, there's something more than this, everybody. And again, I hope they turn it around. I hope there's something better on the other side. I hope May or the end of May brings some, you know, more prosperity down the pike here. But Christ, if it goes like this, and there's a lot of people that's got to answer a lot of questions because this is unacceptable. And you're really doing wrong by all the diehard fans like Cody, like all the people we communicate with, the people that are in this Twitter space right now, and all the diehards that are showing up to the federal Wrigley and the federal landmark on a consistent basis, paying their hard-earned money, their hard-earned time uh, to watch this, and they're going to support their ass off. But it's got to be better than this. It just has to be better than this. Would agree, man. Uh, appreciate you letting me talk. Um, you got one it, Cody. Last, one last thing, you know, to go off what you just said, I feel so bad for like season ticket holders because you can go on StubHub every single day, yeah, and you can find a bleacher seat for less than ten dollars, and those people all paid full price and. This is the product that they're giving. Like, that's the thing that I will definitely go against ownership and, and agree with most Cubs fans who are pissed off at them and everything. It's it's a travesty. They're literally stealing money from season ticket holders, people who have given their life to yes. this team. People like, uh, you know, we're, you want to talk about popular Cubs fans that are on Twitter. We're talking about guys like Bleacher Jeff and, and Crawley yep. and, oh, and yeah. other people like that. Those people that I understand why they're so upset when it comes to ownership because they are giving them so much money. And, you know, again, if they would have told us that it was going to be a rebuild, I would have been okay with it. And we kind of talked about this when you were on the CHGO Cubs podcast is like if they were just transparent, I think more people would just understand it and be like, whatever, I get it. But the fact that they weren't is why – people are, are up in arms and are ready to, you know, riot at Clark and Addison. So um, it's just a tough time, man. I I hope for, for our sake, things get better. Absolutely. Cody, great points. Uh, you're totally right about the fans. And I know I've had conversations with a lot of people that, you know, work in, you know, the Cubs front offices. And I've been, I've been as not to go into too much detail, but I've been as forward as I can be about, that exact topic of like, yo, you guys are really screwing over a lot of people right now. And a lot of people deserve better than this. And you got to be more honest and you got to be more transparent and you have to build a better relationship with a lot of those fans that you were just referring to. And those are the types of people that I always think about other than myself. I mean, I, I say it all the time. Like there are so many Cubs fans that are better fans than I am that spend more, more time, more financial resources, like literally their entire livelihood is within that, you know, one mile radius around the stadium. Um, while I you know watch every game and obviously I'm super invested, there are people that are more invested. And that's, those are the types of people that I think about um, because they're not being treated uh, equally and they deserve a lot better, but thank you, Cody. We appreciate no problem, it. Man. All the best. Thank you, Cody. Um, all right. Well, that was Cody's last one to request up. Um, we can maybe bring him one more um, before we start to take it out. But, Fred, I don't know if you switched gears like this too much, but can you take us into Olive Garden? Who was your highlight from this past week? Who was your silver lining? Oh, you're going to make me think for this one. There wasn't a whole lot of silver linings. Um, <laughs> Wolf Contreras. Wolf Contreras. Listen, I was looking at the stats this morning when I got to work, and I know people want to rip on Willie, and I know people want to, you know, say that, you know, it's good that he's gone and we shouldn't pay him and this and that. The guy's having the best start to his career. He's having like a, you know, 138 weighted runs created plus. I know he's hitting 250, but he's still getting the job done. He's the third best catcher in baseball right now. He's still trying to bring it. He's still trying to 
you know, bring some positive vibes, some leadership, some motivation, a different mentality, all these types of things that we're searching for as Cubs fans when you're going on a four for 17 stretch. Like that, that's what I want to see from my players. It's why I've appreciated Wilson throughout the times that he's, you know, blocked me, unblocked me, followed me, unfollowed me, all that type of stuff. I'm still here to support this guy. And, and I, I, I've been very close to tweet out a few times that, hey, folks, like, seriously, just embrace Wilson for what he is and the start that he's having right now because, like, we literally only have a few months left of him. And in terms of what I'm hearing from the people that are involved, like, there's no contract discussions. There's no negotiations. There's no talk. It is He is as good as gone right now, which is – Unfortunate. I, I'm not saying I'm I'm happy that it's going to happen. I'm not saying that I'm a supporter for him to get traded. I understand the business side of it. I just hate the fact that he's being pushed out by a lot of fans and everyone's saying, no, don't do this. Don't sign him for that. Don't do that. Well, folks, well, you, you, I, I hope you understand the back end of that is like not having a sustainable and, uh, you know, real foundation of a backstop that's that he's been for the last seven years. And I just think it's really short-sighted and naive considering how good he's been so far. I'm not saying he's the best catcher in the world. I'm not saying he's the best catcher of all time, but he's proving that he wants to be here. He wants to win. He, he, he's putting more time into his craft and he's getting better. I know early numbers, but like he's still getting it done. So it's, it's just, it's a shame that people are so, uh, so soon to write him off and so soon to just say, well, we'll replace him. Well, How's that work so far, right? We we saw, we got rid of all these guys and we replaced a few spots, but how's that work so far, right? We have one of the worst records in baseball, and I know things can change, but Wills Contreras is who I'm bringing to Olive Garden. Hopefully, that can happen one day. Um, just trying to embrace and appreciate what he's been to this team, as I am a lot of players. I, I'll say it again, and I'll I'll say it for the hundredth time. This is not on the players. This is not on the players. This is not something to yell at the players for. They're giving their all. They're trying their best. We're in a situation right now where the team, and I, just looking at it objectively, the team is is struggling to put things together and struggling to obviously put wins on paper and get the job done every single day. Hopefully that changes. I'm going to be the first person to be watching this team to hope that it changes and see that it changes. Uh, but it's it's the it's the players that are putting their all into it right now and you know bringing the motivation and the passion like Wilson Contreras and he's who I want to be you know breaking breadsticks at Olive Garden right now for sure. And for a team that's struggling, he's a guy that's busting his ass, respecting exactly. 90. He's showing the passion. And I mean, a lot of the guys at the clubhouse, too. I mean, no one's showing that they're giving up and it's a crappy team. These guys are trying. But Wilson especially, you see him busting down that first baseline. So you got to respect that. And he's performing, like you said. Did you see – did you see and, – and I know not every fan can watch every single play, but did you see the other day the single he hit – I think it was that – it was at the end of one of the – it was either the White Sox game. He hits a ball up the middle, and it hits off second base, bounces to the left into left field. He's rounding hard around first base, trying to burn out to get to a double, holds up, and he lets out, like, the loudest, like, screech and scream, being like, God damn it, I should have been there. Like, he, it, it wasn't him just milking it, seeing a seeing eye single up the middle. It was like he sees the ball kick. He's trying to get to second base for a team that right now is could easily be in last place for any single division, uh, could easily easily has one of the worst records in the game, and he's bringing that intensity, effort, enthusiasm, motivation, all the adjectives that you can list. He's bringing it on a consistent basis when he doesn't have to. He could easily be a guy that says, all right, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to go uh, whatever, hit 270 hit, you know, 20 home runs in the first half, then get traded, and then I'll go play for a competitor. I shouldn't really care about this team. That is not his mentality at all, and I think every single fan is naive and misguided in a sense that they're so e they are so eager and easily write him off on an everyday basis when they're like, no, he's not worth it. Get him out of here. No, he's not worth it. We need to change. No, it's not worth it. We'll be good in three to four years. Well, we'll see how that works out. If that's your approach for every single, you know, Cubs team over the next, whatever it is, three to four years. As you mentioned that from what you've said and what we've heard, the, the disrespect that he's getting from, from the front office and not having talks and obviously yep. the things we see on Twitter, yep. um, it's, 
you know, he's showing his leadership, not letting it get to his game. He's still respecting the team and, and giving it his all. So you, you have to respect that. No contract offer, folks. Doesn't even, they don't even want to talk to him about it. Nothing. Zero. So, so easy to turn bitter in a situa- situation exactly. like that. I cannot be as forward and as honest as what I've heard. And not only what I'm saying, but what the rest of, you know, the, the mainstream media is saying there's been no one that has come out and said the Cubs are in talks with Wilson Contreras. The Cubs have discussed contracts with Wilson Contreras. The Cubs have even asked what Wilson Contreras wants for a next contract. Nothing, zip, zero, zilch. It's disrespectful, and the Cubs should be handling it much differently, considering we know after last season, obviously the Cubs and their players are not on good terms all the time, and last season was case and point for that. It's got to change. Jed has to be able to handle his players better. He has to be able to build relationships with his players much better than what he's shown. And if he wants to be cutthroat and he wants to be Bill Belichick, then you better win like the goddamn Patriots and not have a team that has one of the worst records in baseball right now. Bar none. There's no goddamn excuse for it. I can't be more forward than that. Next time we meet, we'll be on Monday. We'll have finished a series in uh, San Diego and in Arizona, and then we'll be playing the Pirates next Monday. Uh, What are you you looking to see this week? They're two tough series. I mean, the, the, the Diamondbacks are, you know, above 500, even though they're in last place in the NL West. Every team in the NL West is above 500 right now. The, the, the uh, Diamondbacks, are, they just brought up Alec Thomas, for anyone knows who I'm talking about. Mount Carmel kid, 2017. Uh, he, he, I'm sorry, he graduated from Mount Carmel in 2017, so that's exciting for Chicagoland area people. Um, yeah, they're two tough series. I can't wait to see bad news. Are we facing bad news, by the way? Anyone know that? Probably not. I think he pitched the other night. Seems like we're never facing bad news. I always I want to face them, but um, miss that guy, miss that family, the first morale family. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough week on the road. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, late night games. Uh, we'll see what happens. Again, I'm 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 rooting for this team. I'm rooting for the best. Uh, but there's got to be a little bit more accountability on a consistent basis, and people got to answer for what's going on. But I will be as forward and well as honest as I can be. And, and as serious as I can be, this isn't on the players. It's on ownership. It's on the front office. It's on the decision makers. It's not on the players. They're trying their best. They're doing their all. Uh, we're in a situation right now where we, we got our hands tied a little bit, and it shouldn't be that way. Well, as you brought up to Ian earlier, uh, if you guys just joined in recently, uh, listening tomorrow to uh, Ian joined us for about Ian Happ joined us for about 10 minutes. But you mentioned how last time you joined Ian Happ on the podcast, turned things around for a little bit. Hopefully, yep. that's the same effect this week. Yeah, drink a little morale blend. Um, you know, try to get some good vibes. Yeah, I'm going into every game with the, with a positive outlook. I think the players are too. It's just a matter of getting it done. I mean, I, there's I don't want the Cubs to win 54 games with their you know projected to win right now. I want them to win like 80 games. I want them to somehow turn it around. I'd love to get back to 500. Christ, if we get back to 500. I feel like the king of the world for Christ's sake. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Maybe the Cubs put that, you know, uh, or make that step in the right direction. And then you have a little easier schedule with the pirates. And I know you have the reds coming up. Who's an absolute abysmal franchise, Dick baller franchise. Um, but it's not like the Cubs are much better right now. So we'll see. Yeah. We, we need some better, we need some better outcomes moving forward and hopefully start to piece things together. Even if the Cubs aren't winning a world series. And even if we're trading off a lot of guys at the trade deadline, at least, be respectable for Christ's sake. I mean, that's that's what we're looking for as Cubs fans. We want to support something. Lastly, I can't sit on the podcast uh, bashing front office people the whole time and, you know, not do my part. Everyone's morale, opening day orders, finally, 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 finally shipping. So if you got that, it's heading out. You should get emails or tracking numbers. Um, you know, maybe that was – you know, part of the issue there, people weren't getting the Maybe. stuff in early enough. I don't know. We got but... stuck in customs. We got stuck <laughs> in customs. Jersey's got stuck in customs. Uh, stuck but in customs. regardless, uh, they're heading out. Hopefully, they get to you uh, in the next few days, everybody. Uh, appreciate everyone's patience. You guys have been awesome. Uh, and we'll make it up to you, as we always do. Figure out a good way to uh, give you some kickback for uh, the wait there. Appreciate it.
I'm sweating my tail off. Everyone, thank you for being here. Um, hey, let's see what we can do tonight. Let's see what we can do this week. Thank you all for joining. Um, again, if you all are frustrated, you want to talk it out, this this should be the place for you to do it. Uh, I, I want to hear everyone's takes. If you think what I'm saying is absolutely ridiculous, if you disagree, please let me know. I hear it all the time. But I would love to talk to you about it and try to get a different perspective of where you're coming from. So, God bless you and your family. I hope you all have a great night. Uh, Hopefully the Cubs win, and we'll see you all next week. Cubs and four. Thanks again, everybody. Cubs and four. See you, Red.